Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world, the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com, coming to you live from COG Studios on a Wednesday. That's right, Wednesday and not a Thursday. May 22nd is the LA Galaxy get ready for a Friday night showdown with Orlando City in Orlando, 2,218 miles away. The Galaxy are traveling as we start this show right now. They'll land in Orlando, train on Thursday morning, and then play the game on Friday. So a lot to get to. Galaxy riding a four-game losing streak. We're certainly going to talk about that. But in order to help me get through all of the wonderful news that we have, including international call-ups, and all that fun stuff that came out as a result of all the LA Galaxy news is Miss Sophie Nicolau. Sophie, thanks for uh, coming by. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. You did a good job. You didn't bastardize my name. I was trying. Yes. It was close, and and I was really I was really focused. Uh, Sophie, of course, a contributor on Talk Sport, and then also a podcast. What's the podcast? Uh, Highbury Squad. Highbury Squad. And now, before we even get into Uh-oh. any of this, I wanted to I wanted to ask you. I know, um, and Larry told me to make sure to ask you this question first. I love Larry. Larry says that you're. A huge Tottenham Hotspur fan, obviously. Oh, I just said I love Larry, and and he said that. Can you believe that? Wait until I see him, little bugger. Yeah, obviously an Arsenal fan. Let me tell you, I can't sleep at night. I haven't been sleeping well. I just want this Champions League final to be over with. I I know, I know. I can tell. I can tell. It's it's stressing everybody out. I can I can see that. So, uh, but no, uh, you also have done some other podcasts. Did you did you perhaps podcast or at least do some sort of radio show with a former LA Galaxy player as well? Well, maybe some uh, some Jermaine. Jones? Yes. Yes? I tell, did. Can you tell, just, can you give us a little <laughs> just brief, like, what was that like? Because Jermaine has always seemed like a pretty intense dude whenever I've ever interviewed him or talked to him and stuff like that. What was your, your interactions with you know, him? You um, know, we did a show together uh, for, a, for a good few months and, uh, you know, he was really looking to, to do stuff outside of, you know, retiring. Uh, one thing I'll say about Jermaine is he is a really legit guy. What you see is what you get. And what you get is what you see. He's very unafraid uh, to give his opinion. He's right. very honest and he's a really, really top shelf guy. And I really enjoyed working with him. That, that's fun. I, I always like it. I, I knew that you had a good experience with him. I know sometimes we only see, at least on my side, some of the crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always, you've seen, and I've talked to other players and they talk about him and they always mm-hmm. say sort of the same thing that you're saying. He yeah. is, he's a real guy. I, th- I, I still think he's a baller. Yeah. Yeah. If it, he can still, I mean, he's the, playing indoor, but I mean, could he still play? He's playing this team right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah could have helped out maybe against Colorado maybe, maybe that would have happened obviously the Galaxy coming off of a uh, ridiculous uh, loss to the Colorado Rapids giving the Colorado Rapids their first win of the 2019 season so uh, the home winning streak that the Galaxy had was gone the week before whenever they lost to New York City FC and then they were trying to hopefully give some uh, some history to Colorado and losing 12 games or not winning the first 12 games of the season, uh, that didn't happen. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes and uh, and as it goes forward. But you, uh, what did you sort of? You saw the score. You, you you saw sort of. You know, what were your first thoughts when you saw the Galaxy uh, lost 
Well, I, I was unable to get to that game, but I watched it um, at like 4 a.m. the other morning, knowing that I was going to come on here and uh, and speak to you. And uh, I, I found it to be one of the most frustrating games, I think. And one of the most unfortunate things about football is sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But it, it's the manner in which you lose. Right. You can take a loss if you've played really well. But then when you dominate a game the way LA Galaxy did, uh, I, I have to say, I thought the players did really well better than um probably the other three losses um previous to colorado and the problem was i think maybe guillermo got it wrong on that day i, I think maybe even guillermo would would agree with yes. that um there's there's lots of sort of things i was i was fortunate enough to catch up with um with uh john rojas who was out mm-hmm. of training and john does a great job and and honestly from from the spanish side of things there's nobody better uh in fact from the soccer coverage of the la galaxy right now john's sort of your guy um and so i was able to talk to him for about 20 minutes got a little bit caught up on what he talked with Guillermo about what he talked mm-hmm. with Fabio Alvarez so we can certainly get to that here a, a little bit more as as we dive in but uh you know worth noting that the Galaxy are traveling in the air as we speak over to Orlando uh they have a game against Orlando they'll then come home to Los Angeles and I think we've talked about this on the Monday podcast but they'll come home to LA uh spend some time in their own beds and then travel back to Sporting Kansas City uh John Rojas talked to Guillermo about sort of the travel schedule and how that went and uh Guillermo was saying you know uh if it's if basically there's more than four days between the games, it's better to be home and sleep in our own beds and then be able to go back out there and, and do it. And I think you've seen uh, as much as Zlatan hated the travel that last year, and he sort of talked a little bit about that, of, of how oh, we should be traveling, you know, the day of and getting there and that type of thing. It's still pretty obvious. To Orlando? Obvious. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> you can't do that on the East Coast trips. You, no. you have to leave two days beforehand. You can't time it. And if there's any sort of hiccups, you would get stuck. You know what, Josh, one of the things I find with all the English players that I speak to here and, you know, when I do um, some stuff on TalkSport is they they underestimate the 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 travel. They really do. And we've seen it with Gerard. We've seen it with Lampard, even Rooney initially really just shocked at the that what it takes, the toll that it takes. Um, you've got the different time zones. You've got the different you've got the high altitudes. You've got, you know, the desert. Sometimes there are so many things to to contend with you know it's not an easy league to play in and and i think that you know players do find that shocking when they first get here yeah and that's i mean that's always been the case i think you know kevin has has tried to highlight some of that in some of his articles where he's talked about the travel and where he's sort of looked at uh, how much money it would cost major league soccer to implement you know the chartered travel which i think would help but at the same time, I mean, there's talks right now about a significant increase in the in the salary cap that could mm-hmm. be coming in the next couple of years, which uh, by some reports might triple or quadruple the salary cap, which would be that would be nice, especially if it got rid of like all the tam and jam and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And the, the ham. Sort of, and the ham and, and the spam and everything else that you can sort of get rid of. Anything that you can try to find to get rid of and just make it more of, you'd still have designated players. But other than that, you would you would be just sort of held in by the salary cap, which makes some sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, is that money that needs to be spent? The, the CBA is going to be, the collective bargaining agreement is up this year. So the players and ownership and MLS are all going to get back together. Uh, we're probably there'll probably be a threat some threatening of a work stoppage because there usually is. Um, but so, then they'll get it resolved. But then right at the last hour, yep. it'll, it'll all be there. Uh, everybody will probably still report to training camps. They'll probably still do all their stuff. There probably won't be anything missed. We, you may start with maybe the maybe the start the the league starts like a day or two late or something because that mm-hmm. would be nice pushing some stuff. But it should all get done. But one of the things that they were talking about is the travel is going to be big on the uh, well, how players. How do they change mind. that though? That that's also so that can be collectively 
widely bargained. So it can be the players can be like, listen, you need to start flying us around in charters. If they think they have the cachet to well, be able to pull that. Isn't that the next evolution really for MLS to kind of be up there with, I'm not, it's never going to be out there with the NFL and the NBA. Uh, it's definitely growing. The fast, one of the farther than, is it NASCAR, um, the fastest growing, continually fastest growing sport in the country. Uh, lacrosse is also an insane sport that continues to grow. But MLS is like, you know, has always been the stepchild, hasn't it? And I think those are the things that you have to fix in order to really, um, I think, take the league up another level. Yeah, I mean, that is. And there has to be this next level that, that sort of comes. I think the CBA, the last collective bargaining agreement it was all about the players finding their uh free agency mm -hmm. and they got it with a whole bunch of little stipulations and tags so this cba i anticipate one that free agency will become a little more open they'll remove some of those little tags because that was the whole idea is they didn't want to have a work stoppage but they still wanted to get free agency and they got that now it's bad because you need to be in the league for like seven or eight years and you have to be over a certain age and it's all these qualifiers in order to actually be a free agent um, so this year they're going to pull some of those away. But the other thing they're looking at is salary cap mm -hmm. and, uh, they're also looking at travel. So I think those are two really things that will take the league to sort of the next level. And, um, I think they should send you in there to negotiate on their behalf. You know who, uh, the, one of the lead negotiators last time, which gave us a lot of insight into what was going on was Todd Donovan. Whenever he was playing mm. for the LA galaxy, he was one of the, uh, the player representatives for the, uh, for the union. And so that was sort of helpful to be able to talk to him and mm -hmm. sort of understand what they were going through. Um, this year I have no idea. Yeah, I've, there's not been a whole bunch of like player union activity that you would then say, oh, well, you know, who are the player reps and right. what's going on? That'll change as this starts to get towards the end of the year. And we're going to start to find out who those guys are. So you'll know from the galaxy who those player reps are because they'll start talking about it and there'll be some talking points, which is interesting. So uh, let's get to some LA Galaxy news, some other stuff. Uh, international call-ups. This is whatever. I got like 17 questions about international call-ups. Um, is everyone panicking? Yes. And they, sh I mean, ultimately, we, I, I think on Thursday's show or last, uh, or on Monday's show and on last Thursday's show, we talked about the new tournament that it seems to be placing MLS against Liga MX, where there's going to mm -hmm. be four teams from each and how that could totally derail the Galaxy season mm -hmm. if they're going to play people and they don't have the depth to do it and all that. So you had that. But now you look and there are technically right now seven seven internationals who are available to sort of be called up or have been called up recently for their national teams at any level. So there's seven players. There at, are at different times. Different times, some of them. Yes. Most of them are going at, at the at same, same time. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, the biggest news that we sort of got just recently, and it was one that wasn't a surprise. Uh, if you remember Tal Bramos, who is the head coach of the USU 20s, left Julian Araujo off the roster, uh, basically said it was because he was injured. Araujo then started the next game, which I thought was interesting. Uh, he also that happens. Yeah, he also said it was for other reasons too, but mm -hmm. that was that was the, the main reason. So he started. Uh, there was an injury to the U20 squad, a forward, and so basically they replaced a forward with a defender this time. Julian Araujo already gone, joining um, the USU 20s. They play in Poland on May 24th. So coming up <clears throat> very soon, two days uh, on Friday. That's brutal. Yeah, so he'll be jumping in uh, May 24th versus Ukraine, May 27th versus Nigeria, and May 30th versus Qatar. That is the group stage from the 24th to the 30th. Uh, the round of 16 goes from June 2nd to June 4th. The quarterfinals, June 7th to June 8th. And the semifinals, 6-11, so June 11th. And then you get into the finals on June 15th with the third place match on June 14th. That's almost three weeks. He's gone. So count them out for all of the games that are coming up, these next three games before that break. So you have the Orlando game, you have the Sporting Kansas City, and you have New England Revolution. He will not be back for that. So he is count him out for that. 
Uh, he comes back right as everybody else departs nice. for international duty and as the galaxies start to enter their, I think, 20 or 21 day um, a break between games. Mm -hmm. And that's MLS is trying to abide mm -hmm. by the international calendar and doing a poor job of it. Um, what are your thoughts? Just it, it, You've seen MLS, I think, sort of try to argue or try to find a way and a, a balance for these international breaks, not being on, quote unquote, the FIFA calendar, which not really on the FIFA calendar, but however that is. They're, so they run opposite and counter to a lot of the mm -hmm. main leagues in the world. Is I it, mean, is, that discussion, there's another debate, right, that keeps uh, going is the calendar for MLS. And, you know, when you're competing with the major sports here, you have to take all of that into consideration. One of the things that always bothers me as well about the Premier League is the timing of this. Now, these are competitions that there's nothing you can do about, right? right? Um, whereas when the Premier League first starts, you've got two or three weeks of football, two weeks of football, and then you break. Now, there will be qualifiers now for that. Um, previously, there have been friendlies. And it's exceptionally frustrating. Here's yeah. the worst case scenario for LA Galaxy. Already thin, Right. squad wise right what if somebody gets injured yep and i think that's the biggest concern for galaxy fans is you know especially with the run of results over the last four games you've got keep they're not just and they're key players josh right. right you know there are some really important factors here and i think that's the biggest concern and then they come back whether injured or not exhausted they've been traveling they're competing at different levels different climates it takes its toll on the players and you know it's not ideal but unfortunately if you're a good player and you can represent your company your, your country at any level this is what's going to happen, and this is part of the game. Well, I think, and, and people rightfully said this, the LA Galaxy did not have to release Julian Araujo to these because as a youth tournament, you don't have to. But as a 17-year-old kid, you but, better let him go play in right. the U-20 World Cup. That benefits him down the road. Absolutely. It benefits you down the road. It just hurts right now for Absolutely. the Galaxy. Um, the other players right now that have at least been placed on their preliminary rosters, and we've gone over this the last couple of times as we expected this, but all these now are officials, at least on the preliminary roster, and they will get whittled down so some of these guys may not make it to the full international, which means they won't miss all these games that I'm about to tell you about. But Jonathan Dos Santos for Mexico, Oriel Antuna for Mexico, Sebastian Legette for the United States, uh, People Gonzalez got called up for Costa Rica, Rolf Felcher for Venezuela, and then the one that's out there right now that won't be, that nothing will happen right now is Efrain Alvarez, who was with the U17 um, Mexico team that just won the CONCACAF championship and will eventually be going to the U17 World Cup in, I believe, in October and in Brazil is, is right now. But Josh, of all those players you just said, yes. who's really going to miss out? Yeah. One? I mean, it, it feels like... I, so Antuna is the one that we're sort of like, okay, is he going to be back? Is he going to make he the may, full roster? Right. He may not make the full roster. Right. Um, and as a matter of fact, just in case you want to keep keep sort of uh, uh, attention and, and all eyes on that game against Orlando, uh, there is now a picture at least of Oriel uh, and Antuna not being on the plane to Orlando. So whether or not he will be in the starting lineup right now is sort of a question I've asked the LA Galaxy. Um, until they land and until they can sort of figure that stuff out, they're not going to get back to me, I don't think. But, uh, Sherlock it, Josh. It, yeah, it wasn't me. It was the hammer. <laughs> it was uh, it was the Portuguese hammer himself, Eric, uh, doing his super slew thing and, and finding out. But anyway, we'll see if, that, if that's the case. But Antuna is the one that could actually be back and not make it. Uh, I think everybody expects that Sebastian Legette. So, I mean, starter Jonathan Dos Santos for Mexico, if he's healthy, he's playing on the Absolutely. Mexican team. Uh, or 
Uriel Antuna is a starter for the LA Galaxy. If he goes with the team, that's a that's another starter you're mm-hmm. down. Sebastian Legette is likely going to make the he U.S. Will. squad. I think so. He's a starter right now for the Galaxy. That's somebody you're going to miss. People Gonzalez is probably going to be a starter, an everyday starter for the LA Galaxy as soon as Guillermo can figure out how to get three center backs who are all playing well on the same field at the same time, and he did it last week. You might even expect that he might do it this way. So, People Gonzalez with Costa Rica. Rolf Felcher for Venezuela is a toss-up. If he does make the full team, how deep does Venezuela really go in the tournament in uh, in Copa America, down in South America? Um, so, those are all sort of things to watch. But here are your dates right now for your Gold Cup. Um, your Gold Cup group stages are 6-15, so June 15th to June 26th. Uh, then you get into the quarterfinals, June 29th and June 30th. The semifinals, ju- uh, July 2nd and July 3rd. And the final is on July this 7th. This is the one I have the biggest, um, I think, is the biggest pickle. Because Dos Santos at Mexico are, I'm not going to say almost guaranteed to get to the final. But if they don't, it would be a huge upset, would it not? So you're, you're definitely looking at Dos Santos um, you know, being away for that period of time. I'll, I'll be shocked if Mexico don't make it to the final of the Gold Cup. And I think, you know, as we were just discussing off air, Dos Santos, who, you know, people may not like to hear this, but I don't, I think he's a very overrated player. And I think that, yes, he's done some good things and he's been good. And I think that he's very talented. I think he picks and chooses his game sometimes, just my humble opinion. But with the team and the way the team is right now, he's become almost like an MVP. Even though I may not rate him what he does for the team right now and the value that he brings, as we saw when he was out injured for, what, two games? Was yeah, it? yeah, about two games. Yeah, two and was, a half because he ended up coming out in a half. On I was one, pretty yeah. poor. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, that, that, that could be the biggest pickle of all. Yeah, and, and that is sort of, I, I think right now, at least the way the Galaxy are set up, it's not so much, you know, I, I think there's an argument to be, to be made that as Zlatan goes, the LA Galaxy go, but there's also an argument to be made as, that as Jonathan Dos Santos goes, the LA Galaxy defense goes, because without somebody playing in that central position, and, yes. and, and granted, the Perry Kitchen now healthy enough to be on the bench last game so you now have a backup there but Perry Kitchen is not the same player as Jonathan Dos Santos I will admit that yeah I mean there's there's certainly <laughs> even if you don't like Jonathan Dos Santos you can admit that Perry Kitchen is underneath you know Jonathan uh, uh, yeah underneath Jonathan Dos Santos and Carrasco is underneath Perry Kitchen uh, as as sort of the the depth chart goes Bless. uh yeah what he Poor Carrasco. Carrasco gets a lot of a lot of crap on the show, and I know he does. And at the same time, you look at what he's a third string central defensive midfielder, and he could even be a fourth string if you rate Juninho over him. Guillermo doesn't, but some people, other people do. Guillermo's I don't think got I do. Enough problems he, right now. He he has a lot of things to worry about. But I mean, you look at that, and and Jonathan Dos Santos being gone is going to hurt. If if Antuna is gone, quite honestly, the Galaxy lose a ton of speed and some creativity, even if. I think the argument is he's totally inconsistent. Now, with Antuna, I feel like, is it going to be a little bit like, remember when England picked Theo Walcott when he was, uh, Sven Joran Eriksson picked Theo Walcott when he had just moved to Arsenal and he was 16, 17, um, and everyone was like, why? Why are they taking him? But exactly for the reasons you just said previously, you take him because he's a future star and they want them to experience a tournament like that at that level. I think that would be as, as uh, it could be so valuable if he doesn't go, because I do think he's an X factor. He brings a real excitement to the team. Uh, you can tell technically he's very gifted when he right. gets the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell that he has confidence too, and he's just really uh, trying to, I think, really show his talent. And I, and I think as the season goes, I think that he he will improve, and I think that we'll we'll see him 
um, you know, probably becoming a, a really important factor in that team. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think if he can stay, that would be great. I mean, the the hope, I think, is that some people uh, are, are thinking that if Jonathan Dos Santos, who has a, a nagging hip slash hamstring injury, uh, it seems like the hip was more the issue after the game on uh, on last, what was that, Sunday? Yeah, last Sunday um, was more of a problem. And he talked about how the hip was hurting him because the hamstring was recovering and how, you know, the opposite things sort of start to hurt a little bit. He, he's on the flight. Do you I, think he came back too soon? Yes. I felt like that in his performance a little bit. I it felt like, but at the same time, what do you do? You know, without without him, the team is definitely weaker. Even though, yes, I may have a particular feeling about him as a player. Even though you're Jonathan Dos Santos hater over here. I mean, hate's a strong word. (laughs) No, I mean, uh, it it felt that way. Yeah, it it felt like it felt like he came back too soon. Um, I'll I'll say that. from all accounts, and certainly from talking with John Rojas, who talked to, to Jonah, he seems to be fine. He says he's fine. He's ready to play. Uh, he's on the flight, so everybody can chill out a little bit about that one. Um, <laughs> you know, So he should be there, and I expect him to play, quite honestly. I, I think the Galaxy need him. And he's going to want to play for another reason, too, is that if he sits out, if he shows any chance that he's injured enough to where he can't play, Tata Martino has second sort of guesses about bringing him in for the gold cup even though jonathan dos santos is going to be one of the probably better players Mm -hmm. on that team because they're missing so many other of their top players in mexico um i think that you know for jonathan he has to show that he wants to play and if that means that he's going to get hurt and do it then that's apparently what he's going to do boy that's a tournament that's really diminished the the gold cup yes yeah i remember when i first moved here in 2001 it was, uh, I don't know, there was an excitement about it. It felt like, wow, okay, it's cool, a version of the Euros in, in the U.S. And I think, though, that's because of the strength of the U.S. team at the time and the players that, that, that they had. But, yeah, I mean, you could just tell from the last, the last one in terms of attendance and, and even uh, viewership figures and stuff like that. It just feels like it's a tournament now where uh, not top players I don't think want to play in it well I mean certainly you saw it from Mexico that a bunch Mm -hmm. of top players don't want to play Uh, we'll see what the US ends up doing in terms of uh, who they get for everything I think they're going to end up having probably one of their top squads for this it seems like they want to win it they want to go out and show something so uh, a week in Mexico side gives the US a chance so that's a that that should drum up interest in it a little bit more again although I always think that the gold cup for me is always shows me how much um, not only from people from other countries that that are participating in the gold cup are already here in the United States, but them traveling to the United States for these games again. It just, again, it, it's an interesting sort of take yeah. on it. I, I wish the Gold Cup would travel a little more in terms of not always be in the United States. But then Dos Santos, at least he's staying in the same environment, same right. climate. We need to yeah. put him in a, a bubble. Some bubble wrap. Yeah, yeah bubble know, wrap and then, put it, and then put cotton wool around it too. That, that's sort of the thing. So uh, Copa America, by the way, the time frame for Copa America is basically the same as the Gold Cup. They start a day earlier, but they end the same day. So July, so they start uh, June 14th and they end Ju- uh, July 7th is the uh, is the la- uh, the final. Uh, there's a third place game on July 6th, just in case you really wanted to keep track of that third place game. Um, so here is the deal uh, for the Galaxy. They play on 6-2 versus New England. That's the last game before the international break. Then they'll play 6-22 at Cincinnati. That is a game that you can expect anybody who's called up to miss for sure. That's too early in all these for that to be uh, for them to be back. Um, so then 629 at San Jose, June 29th at San Jose. These are short weeks too if you're paying mm. attention. So June 29th at San Jose, July 4th versus Toronto, which Toronto is very good. Mm-hmm. We'll see how many players they're missing. New England and Cincy should be 
winnable games. New England and Cincinnati. Well, should, the reunion with Bruce, he may ruin the party. Uh, he, he very well could. <laughs> uh, we'll see if he ends up taking over because that was sort of the whole thing. He said, I might come back that day. That might be the first game he actually coaches. Oh, he's going to be back. I feel like he was going to. Otherwise, he has like three weeks off that mm-hmm. he could then come back. So mm-hmm. it, I don't know. We'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't show up, but I'm also counting on him being there. Um, so then 629 at San Jose, uh, July 4th versus Toronto, and then July 12th versus San Jose. So the San Jose rivalry gets over in, from June uh, June 29th to July 12th. That's mm-hmm. it. No San Jose. And the 7-12 game, that July 12th game, is after all of the finals. So everybody should be back for that game. But how tired are they going to be? Mm-hmm. Are they going to be injured? Mm-hmm. What's all that? If you, the teams went all the way to the finals, I would expect that none of those guys play in that game. And so that means both of the San Jose games which are rivalry games for the LA Galaxy, both of those are affected by the fact that their internationals won't be there. And if there's any game that you don't want to have a weakened team, it's against San, San Jose. Jose. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and by the way, LAFC comes not too far after this. So the fact that everybody will be coming back from international and then playing against LAFC, the schedule's not kind to the Galaxy. I don't know that it's going to be kind to everybody, but whenever you have the possibility of, you know, five internationals mm-hmm. and four, I, mean, I don't know, five starters, they, they all feel Felcher's a starter, Pipo's a starter, Leggett's a starter, Antuna's a starter. and A derby game, though, is very different. And as you've seen, um, we own and have owned LAFC or Galaxy have owned LAFC in, in league play since they've come into the, into the league. So I feel like that game, the, it's a little bit different than... I, I, I'm more worried about San Jose. Than it is, and th- you're right. You're right to say that because there's there's plenty of time for that. I'm just saying, if as we've seen with the Galaxy right now on a four game losing streak, this team might be a streaky team. We don't know yet because it's still it's early true. in Guillermo. But you saw them run through April, and you're like, okay, they weren't playing great all those games, but they were winning. And now. They didn't play good for three games. They played okay for one game. They've lost four games in a row. I was ready to anoint Guillermo. I was ready to give him, you know, the hand the baton of uh, the next great strategist in MLS and tactician. And I don't know what has changed from April to May. The calendar. Right now, that's about that's about all I can say. It was. It, it's it's a couple things. I'll, I'll I'll throw these out. You tell me if you think I'm crazy. Okay. You're Number crazy one. Crazy anyway. Yeah, I know. We knew we knew that. Yeah. Um. One is the schedule. The schedule was tough on them. You certainly saw them playing tired. MLS teams aren't deep enough to be able to, and this Galaxy team is not deep enough to be able to handle that mm-hmm. schedule. So you saw that dip in form. That was probably the first three games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last, uh, the first two games for sure. The last two games, um, you're also missing two designated players with Roman Alessandrini out and Zlatan Ibrahimovic being suspended. But Alessandrini, he, yes, he is important and he has been out, but yes, go on. 5 0 whenever Alessandrini plays this year. Okay, I'll uh, take whenever, that. Whenever he didn't play, I think they had one win. Um, out of the other games that they Listen, we don't know what this team really would be like with him. He's not, you know, he's been so injury prone. It's been such a shame because there are moments where, you know, you see the difference. You see a player like him and his quality and what he could bring and what, you know, he can he could have done with uh, Zlatan as well. So it's a real shame. It really is. But it just hasn't worked out, has it? It's N- Not yet. No. no. Oh, no. you live in hope? No. Um, yeah, I mean, with Alessandrini, all the highs, you get the highest of highs with him and the lowest of lows. It's That's true. It's, it's the, the two dichotomies there. I feel which, bad for the guy. You, and I think if you looked at his injury history before he even came to the Galaxy, there were hints that he could be an injury injured mm-hmm. guy. You never know how that's going to play out, but the Galaxy don't tend to be very lucky with those things. So, so, is, so is Gareth Bale. Maybe we should go get him. There you go. There's how a good idea. someone who can See, cross the ball? We will get to... <laughs> I don't think the Galaxy need any more crossing the ball, people. Well, I, I don't they, know. They, I mean, they, they put in, what, 35 crosses 
Uh, I don't think it was a case. Well, I think there was some bad quality crosses. MLS, by the way, I would like to point out MLS is full of horrible crossing. It's one of my it's, biggest pet peeves. I was watching a little bit of the Red Bulls Vancouver game, and they're sending in crosses both sides. I'm just like, these are all horrible. But. They can't get past if they can't get past the first defender. They they kind of they they it's out for a throw. I it's think out for a throw in. There's there's two th- I, I that drives me crazy when you can't get past the first defender, but on a corner kick, if you can't get it past the first guy, you should have to do push-ups on the spot. Oh, I would find players. <laughs> I said this on the podcast the other day. I, I will find players if they can't get past the first defender on a corner. Oh, my favorite. It's like thing. the swear yes. jar. Yeah, you and you should have to do it. Uh, absolutely. Well, you were mentioning some names. Mm. Some rumors, you know, those weren't any. The, the Gareth Bale one, I, I'm going to have to say, not not str- high on my list of things that possibly might happen. Imagine that though. Yeah, I we'd mean, have to get rid of half of the team though, wouldn't we? No, just you just need happen. to get rid of one player, right? One. So yeah, I mean, Zlatan doesn't come back. You can get Gareth Bale if you want. No, no, it has to be the two of them together. <laughs> oh, you want both? Of them? Okay, yes. then you have to get rid of Ramon Alessandrini. Fine. Okay, let's there, make deal. that happen. That seems like a good upgrade. I should be the GM. <laughs> Easy. You talk to Dennis next time you see him. <laughs> um, okay, so we get to there are. Listen, there's rumors abound right now. There are no good rumors abound. We're, people obviously looking at the summer transfer window now. So mm-hmm. we're already shifting forward into J- July, whenever that transfer window opens up for the LA Galaxy and for Major League Soccer. So. Listen, just the quality of those rumors gets better as you get closer to the window. I right mean, now, the tease is unbelievable. It's 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 it is kind of fun. Uh, <laughs> midfielder uh, Daniel De Rossi from Roma, thirty-five-year-old uh, central defensive midfielder. Uh, I, he apparently is out of contract and will not come back. Um, he's a Roman god. He he he's he's so, but he's wanted by everybody. That's at least the the thing that I saw. He's wanted by everybody. Uh, Boca Juniors, which is how I think the LA Galaxy's name gets mentioned in this. By the way, mm-hmm. um, Boca Juniors is is interested. Uh, Napoli apparently is interested in bringing him in, but apparently the team that is definitely not interested in him is Roma. Yes. So uh, whether or not you think the Galaxy could use another central defensive midfielder that would also have to be a designated ha- player, because you're going to have to pay him some money. It's not. He's not going to come. But cheap. you could get him for a little bit cheap. Could you get him for? And I say cheaper, but like one point five. Could you? Could you get him under the TAM? Maybe mm-hmm. I. I've stopped trying to guess those because I mean Zlatan came for one point five, and I would have said you cannot get Zlatan Ibrahimovic for one point five million dollars. Um, yeah, there's a possibility of that. Listen, stuff. here's the thing with um, LA that the it's very likened to. Manchester City, Manchester United. They're the, the LA, LAFC are the noisy neighbours, and right. they're making a lot of noise. Right. It's the same with my club and Tottenham, North London, noisy neighbours 2.0, and LAFC and LA Galaxy are, are kind of like the noisy neighbours 3.0. The difference is that Tottenham and LAFC haven't won anything of note yet, right? right. But the threat is there. And I think what they need here is um, you've got Zlatan. He's a star. He's a superstar. He's in the Ronaldo Messi um, bracket, right? The, the guy has been incredible. He's had an amazing career. He's done some insane things. Said some insane things too. Yes. But um, uh, De Rossi, he's a star in a different way. You know, like when Keane first came, everyone was like, Keane, good player, great player, did well in Europe, failed at Liverpool, was a superstar for Tottenham, a superstar for his country. And I don't think people expected Keane to be the rock star that he was when he first arrived. I really don't. I I knew who Robbie Keane was, Mm -hmm. but as I always sort of, uh, you know, gauge on how much does everybody else know who Robbie Keane, my mom had never heard of Robbie Keane, right? Right. So she was like, who is this? And I'm like, I'm like, trust me. I got, I got from everything I've, I've seen and, and heard this guy seems 
I didn't, I didn't, I'm sure I've watched him play, but it wasn't somebody who was like, oh, this guy's going to come in and blow up MLS. Right. And, and not only did he, he just adapted right away. He was just brilliant. He, he embraced everything about the league, about the team. I think De Rossi could be similar in that, you know, he's a, is he a little bit older? Because I can't remember 35. how old. 35. Yeah. Robbie was how old when he came here? Do you remember? I want to say he was 32 or 33. 32. Yeah. He, about, may, he may have been younger than that, though. He was with the Galaxy for a long time. I might be able to look and, that up. And, you know, both with a lot of mileage. You know, De Rossi's played at the highest level in Syria. Yep. Uh, he also played for the Italian team. Robbie, the most decorated player for the Republic of Ireland. So even though he's not a household name, I feel like someone De Rossi is also the type of quality player that would keep Zlatan happy. Yeah, I mean, there there's something to that. I think the Zlatan issue is at least... This is hard to predict, but it seems like that that's that he's not coming back next year. I mean, it just seems like he got the two years and he's yeah. only doing one-year contracts and... Mm-hmm. So we don't really know where his head is at, but the way personally I've seen MLS treat him recently and just the way the Galaxy have been playing, and I just don't feel like he's going to be there for a very long time. He was very bummed the last time we were in the dressing room um, right before the ban came. It was, it wasn't, uh, he, you know, again, I think frustrated with some of the quality around him. I also feel like he needs to be very careful about showing that emotion in a negative way on the pitch. I love him dearly and I think he's a rock star, but I also think that sometimes when he gets a little bit flustered, I don't think that helps players around him. And, you know, younger players, you've got to say they're going to be a little bit intimidated by him. I mean, Phil Foden at Manchester City still says, I see, I see Kevin De Bruyne in training and I want to ask him for his autograph. Right. You know, so he needs to be a bit careful of that too. But also LA Galaxy need to be very careful and and make sure they surround him with with really good players. And the coach needs to get his tactics right every now and again. That's, I mean, that's something. Uh, Let's get up, just a training update. And again, I talked to John Rojas, so let's go over some of these things um, that we can sort of talk about in terms of uh, Guillermo and and what he said. And then also about Fabio Alvarez, Mm -hmm. because Fabio obviously made his MLS and LA Galaxy debut. I'll tell you right now, Fabio was very pleased with how he played. Um, that's what he told John. Uh, he said that he, he he said, you know, for the first game, being on the field with guys I don't know that well, after doing all the traveling, after not being really settled, although mm-hmm. he does have an apartment now and he is settled, his girlfriend is supposed to arrive next week. So you, that's all, those are all good things when you're looking at Fabio Alvarez and how um, that's about to go down. But Fabio said, you know, I thought I played pretty well. You, you looked at his passing percentages and they were they were high enough mm-hmm. for the first game. That was good. He had two shots on goal. Um, he had he created three chances, and he said that you know Guillermo liked his positioning. That where he was playing with his back to goal, getting the ball and either distributing it back out to the sides whenever he gets it, or turning mm-hmm. and facing that central defense and making them make a choice and finding passes and creating chances. That's where Guillermo wants him. Which is interesting because Guillermo also said that Sebastian Legette, that he liked Sebastian Legette in the center more than he liked him on the wing. But if you're going to play Fabio Alvarez in the center, then Sebastian Legette has to go on the wing. So I imagine that that's what you're going to see Mm -hmm. with this stuff. So if, in fact, Antuna is not playing, um, then you have to look at this and say, okay... Probably Sebastian Legette flies out and takes that, and then Pontius or Boateng takes the other wing. Yes. And I think you're you're pretty balanced. I'd like to see Legette and Antuna because I think that's the that's the top choice. Yeah, but there's still some balance there. It's not a complete loss with Fabio Alvarez. They've gotten a little bit of depth, 
And they've got a little bit of choice now of where they can move players. And I think a little bit more quality. And, you know, you got to give the guy a chance. He's got to settle in. First game, did quite well. And these other uh, ancillary things that you mentioned, an apartment, his girlfriend moving here. You know, at the end of the day, players are also people. Mm. And I think sometimes we forget that, you know, it's not just about a transfer coming, putting the shirt on and taking a picture. This is their life. You know, he's moved to a totally different country. Doesn't speak the language. Te technically speaking, everybody on the galaxy speaks Spanish for the most part now. But I mean, he he doesn't speak English, although he says he's going to start taking lessons. So mm -hmm. again, he's trying to involve himself and be comfortable here in the United States. Right. Those are all good signs. But yep. you're right. They're people. Yeah. And you've got to give him the opportunity to settle in. I, I'm, I'm quite excited about this signing. I think hopefully, you know, and then getting to see him play with Zlatan again. Uh, I think that, you know, a good quality, good technical player and somebody who I think could really contribute as time goes on and he settles in in LA. Yeah, and, and hopefully the Galaxy can figure out how to use him and then they can learn how to play through the middle a little bit more because the wings to the outside and the crosses in, again, 33 crosses in the game on... Uh, yeah, but who was in the box? Ima Boateng, the ever the ever tall, ever he's present Ima Boateng. Yes. I mean, bless. He, yeah, I, you know he he's listed at five he foot was, six, by the way, and we everybody knows he's not really five. Then foot I'm six. five foot six then, too. Exactly. I mean, talk about be set up to fail. This is why I'm a little um, angry at the coach, who I've really lauded since he's got here. I just think that that was everybody could see that that just wasn't going to work and he didn't change it until much much later and he should have right. made a move um, much earlier in the game and Pon i just felt Pontius coming in Pontius coming in was the correct move because before he made the mistake before he made the mistake yeah i mean listen uh, one of the things that we also talked about a training that John talked to Guillermo about is, you know, you know, what did you learn from all this? And there's a couple different things. So one is that he and he said this after in our press conference, too. He said, you know, I need to learn to use this roster. I need and he goes and we're testing people out in positions because right now we don't really know the depth because the idea is that even when somebody's injured, that the quality doesn't drop off. And he goes, and again, I think that's a great idea to have. And in leagues, you know, in Argentina, where you're able to spend more money or at least money in positions where you have subs that are just as good as the guys who are starters. I mean, this right. is a English Premier League thing. If you pull somebody off the bench, for the most part, there's not a huge drop off. They're probably going to improve your chances depending most of the time they're right. supposed to improve. In Major League Soccer, that's not the case. You bring a guy off the bench and you your chances usually don't get better. They get better because the guy has fresh legs, not because he's a more technical player or that this is what he does. Um, so Guillermo's trying to learn how to use that roster. So that was one thing. The other thing I thought was really interesting that John sort of relayed to me. Um, he talked about the conditioning and the training. And Guillermo says... I need to be more cautious with how I train these guys because the schedule and the travel mm -hmm. is a lot. Um, and that's cause, that can cause those issues. So I need to err on the side of caution and not necessarily push in training to get, you know, let's have the most uh, demanding training. So I was going to ask you this because I was thinking, is this slump a little bit of a result of intense training? He really pushes them. You know, he's a no-nonsense coach, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, he and, seems to be. And, uh, and, and, and some coaches are a little bit more lenient with training. Other coaches are much more intense. Uh, and I, th I feel like maybe there was a little fatigue uh, that came into play. And I think I don't like to make excuses. You mentioned that earlier. But I can't help but think when, when you now are saying this, that maybe he realized that he, he has made a couple of really grand errors over the last two or three weeks. And again, you know, we've got to give this guy a chance. He's adapting to the league too. He's adapting yeah. to a team that he's just really getting to know, right, Josh? Yep. And, and I think that we've seen him be able to pull out results when they haven't played well. 
but we've also seen the team lose when they have played well. So I think that that's the balance that he needs to get right. And I just don't think he should tinker too much. Uh, yeah, that's that is it's hard though, right? Because we it say is. don't tinker too much, but I, I think all going back, and I was even guilty of this. If you go back and you look at that midweek game against Columbus, mm-hmm. where they had a chance to take over first place in the Western Conference, first place in the league, and you're sort of like. Yeah, you got to go for that, right? You right. got to throw everybody in. I mean, I think this is a case where Bruce Arena would have started the kids and everybody would have thrown their hands up and said, <laughs> but Bruce, you have a chance at first. And the whole thing, it's like, Bruce is like, yeah, but I can give everybody else the week off, that 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 midweek off. And then I can bring in a couple guys, but then I'm still set up for this weekend. And then I'm still set up for the next weekend after that. Everything is still just their normal sort of thing. Guillermo went after it against he Columbus. He, he threw the kitchen sink at it and yeah. it didn't pay off. And, and, it, and again, it's very glaring and it feels worse for Galaxy fans when your neighbor is relentless and yeah. isn't dropping points. It hurts that much more, right? So I think that he'll find that balance. But like you said, with all of these absentees coming up in these international tournaments, that's going to be really tough for him to manage. Yeah. We're going to really find out in the next how many weeks um, the kind of coach that he really is and how he's going to adapt with all of these challenges that he's faced with. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think getting through the uh, the Gold Cup break and sort of the quote unquote second half of the season that's mm-hmm. going to pop up after you know everybody's going to call it the second half after that, um, sort of how that goes and 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 whether or not you know this team is as good as we think it is. I don't think it's you know top team in the Western Conference. I think that they had a chance to be that, and if they won some games, they maybe could have been there. So but, I was looking at this earlier. Yes. How far off are they? Um, they are f- this- they are falling further and further behind. So LAFC currently at thirty one points. Mm-hmm. The LA Galaxy at twenty two points lafc uh has one more game played than the la galaxy uh, lafc also is outpacing basically the entire league right now too well, so they're the atlanta united so far of this year of aren't this they? Year. yeah, yeah. And, so. and if you think about sort of the roster uh building that the galaxy are doing versus the roster building that lafc lafc technically has about a year a head start of right. the galaxy in terms of where that is which may be a good sign for the galaxy for next year in terms of how guillermo and dennis Teclosa, we know and kevin has has sort of pointed it out many times we pointed it out many times guillermo was sort of hinting at it when he was talking to john uh yesterday at training um basically saying you know, yeah, I mean, there's some guys that we're still trying to figure out on this roster. And mm-hmm. I think if you read between the lines that he's trying to say, this isn't my team. It's not all my team. I've been, I brought some guys in, but I, some of these guys are going to be gone next year. Listen, they should, they should, they just need to stay the course. You know, are, are they likely to win um, the division? No, no, I, I, no, absolutely not. But once they get into the playoffs, this is a team that has, you know, maybe not these players, but this franchise has been there before gets it, understands it, the fan base does too. And I think once you get into like that type of scenario, I think LA Galaxy are the kind of team um, that can rise to to that challenge. Yeah, it uh, <clears throat> again, we just, you, you gotta, you haven't seen this team. I don't think we've seen this team play up to their level yet. The The closest was the game against, maybe against Minnesota. I actually said the game against Philadelphia is going to turn out to be their best game and Philadelphia continues to rise and yeah. now sits at the top of the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, but the game against Minnesota that they played at home without Zlatan and I think without Alessandrini in that game uh, where they ended up winning 3-2, but they played 71 really good minutes of soccer is sort of their best performance right now. And, and you haven't been able to see that since. And Philly thrashed... Orlando, didn't they? 4-1 or yeah, something? Yeah, I, think, I so, think they did. So, yeah, and that's a team that we play next. So that And that's sort of the the whole thing. And they're coming off of a 5-1 victory over Cincinnati, Cincinnati which yeah. Cincinnati is sort of the, the doormat of yes. the league right now, which is 
expansion oh, team kind of kind of expected unless you're spending lots of money like the atlantas that come in and do that and sort the of the right way yeah then you're you're, you're cincinnati or you're minnesota yeah. and, and on the other side and the flip side of that um let's see i want to get to we sort of touched on some rumors i'll touch on one other rumor somebody asked me about again all of these are one star rumors remember we rank them from one to five if you look and actually go to the corner of the galaxy website we have our rumor tracker up there it has de Rossi on that rumor tracker at one star right now one star for one I, it's not about what I feel whether or not the player would be good. It's about whether or not I think it could happen. If you told me that Cristiano Ronaldo was coming to the LA Galaxy right now, I'd probably give it one or two stars because I'm like, how is that going to happen? He's going to Miami, isn't he? I, is he? There's been a long rumor that he's coming to the LA Galaxy. The, the rumors lasted for about seven years. Well, so, like, yeah. Like that a long time then ago. David he Beckham said, came along with his franchise. Well, I think it was after Beckham and he was, he was sort of like, oh, if I yeah. go to there, we'll see. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh -huh. There's still a wink, wink, nod, nod handshake that I'm sure happened and the LA Galaxy are going to land he Christian He does Ronaldo. love coming here for vacation. Who doesn't? Yes, who doesn't? We're lucky true. to live here. We are very lucky. Although very it was, fortunate. Although it was cold and windy. It at was the like game, London huh? today, let's yeah. be honest. Crazy. And you've been to London, so you know how that feels. It was, it was cold and windy when I was there. And I was in Scotland. It was cold and windy oh, whenever I was in Scotland. colder and too. windier there. And it tends to be. Further north you get. Um, the training schedule, I think we've already gone over in terms of the travel to Orlando. They train in Orlando on Thursday. Friday, the game is at 4 p.m. Pacific time. So tell your boss you're going to have to leave early if you want to go watch that. Some watch parties are up. I guess not as many as probably you'd expect on a weekend. But uh, if you head over to Angel City Brigade. They've posted that. If you go to LA Riot Squad on Twitter, they've posted those as well. So LA Galaxy versus Orlando City uh, at 4 p.m. The game is on Unamas and I believe Univision. So check that out and uh, sort of keep an eye on that, which I also believe means it's probably going to be on Twitter as well. So yes. if you want to watch it on Twitter, you can watch it on Twitter. Is it on Facebook? I don't know if it's on mm. Facebook. Yeah. I know it's on Twitter. I just don't, I can't remember, I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm very hopeful that the league eventually goes and sells all of the rights to all of I the mean, games to one on. spot and then we get to watch any right? game and it does, blackouts won't matter and none of that stuff will matter. We'll see if that happens. I don't think so. The great thing about new technology is that there's a way, where there's a will, there's a way to watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Someone's bound to share a, a link with you. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, I was going to say, most of the time, <laughs> I don't retweet those and I don't condone any of that. No. But obviously... Um, you no, know. and I didn't say anything. No, we didn't. Say, don't do not. And I repeat, do not use VPNs to get around blackouts. Don't do that. That sounds like a horrible. It's it illegal. Is. It's not legal. It's illegal. So definitely do not do that. Yes. All right. No. <clears throat> we've uh, we've touched on the standings a little bit here. The Western Conference currently led by LAFC at 31 points with 14 games played. 2.21 points per game. They lead Major League Soccer in points per game and in points. Uh, Seattle Sounders in the Western Conference, 26 points, 2 points per game, having played 13 games. Houston Dynamo still coming, slacking from behind after the CCL. 11 games played so far, 2.09 points per game, so slightly above Seattle, but sitting in third with 23 points. The LA Galaxy, despite the fact... Sophie, that they have lost four games in a row, sit in fourth place in the Western Conference. So I think if you're... I know, it's it, what I was saying. It's not... It hasn't hurt them all that much. They just can't lose. They've got to stop the slide yeah. on Friday. And I don't... We're going to get to the game sure, on Friday, yeah. but I don't know if this... It's just... You're asking a lot when you travel over 2,000 miles on, on a Friday. But anyway, well, down the line we go. so galaxy, though, to, it would, to, to win, win that, that game. Yeah, I know. Uh, Minnesota uh, currently sits in fifth, 18 points, 12 games played. FC Dallas, 18 points, 13 games played. Real Salt Lake, 16 points, 12 games played. The worst team in the league, well, you remember them. They came uh, last year, <laughs> last week. Colorado Rapids at 0 0.42 points per game and having a total of five points, three of which they just got from the LA Galaxy. Unbelievable. Uh, goal differential of minus 13, by the way, for, uh, for uh, Colorado, which is not the worst in the league. 
I think that crushed the coach losing that game. I'm sure it did. I'm, I'm going to ask you a trivia question. It's not, it's Uh-oh. you probably I wouldn't have known the answer to this. Do you know who has the worst goal differential in Major League Soccer this season? This season, it's an Eastern Conference team. I'll tell you that. So think of bottom of the Eastern Conference, but not an expansion team. Vancouver? Oh no, Vancouver is in Western the uh, Conference. Western Conference. Yeah. Mm, so this is a trick question. It's it's I don't. Is it like think, Atlanta United? It's not. It's yeah. I know it, it would be one less. Uh, they just got a new head coach and GM. Tell me, Bruce Bruce Arena's New, new England, England Revolution. Yes. I should have known that. Yes. Damn it. M- minus seventeen. So minus seventeen uh, is their goal differential. Minus twelve for FC Cincinnati. Um, so those look like some of the worst ones. Minus thirteen for the Colorado Rapids. The LA Galaxy currently sitting at a uh, plus one. How many uh, years before Bruce wins an MLS Cup with, with New, new England? England? Uh, three three years? No, it's going to be, you know what, it's going to be longer than that because he has to convince Robert Kraft to spend money in New England. Um, and I don't know if that's going to be possible. I'm sure they promised him the world, but Robert Kraft and, and doing New England has been good in the past, but they've never really spent the big bucks. Um, five Bru- years. Bruce Arena is going to have to get him to spend the big bucks. Look, so. you're talking about the Sir Alex Ferguson of MLS. <laughs> if anyone can do it, he can. Yeah, yeah it, this is true. This is true. Um, by the way, uh, uh, the LA Galaxy outsider, um, as he's known, Madam Serrano, um, <laughs> it says the US Open Cup draw is on 530. So again, we're talking about games. We're talking about schedule congestion. So May 30th, you'll get the US Open Cup draw. Mm-hmm. LA Galaxy will be involved in the US Open Cup. The LA Galaxy will be involved in this tournament that's coming up between Liga MX and MLS and that will happen between July, August and September You're where they have 14 games. Now. I'm supposed this is this is all my build up to all this stuff. So um, the not out of the woods, not even close to out of the woods, a congested schedule to finish out before the Gold Cup starts and that Gold Cup break starts. So the Galaxy have a ton of work to do in the next 3 games uh, if they're going to sort of write this now if I mean, best case scenario, they win the next three games. They win the next three games. All of a sudden, you're like, okay, everything, everything's fine here. You're good. But they haven't gotten any points, zero points, in the month of May, and it's their busiest month with six games. It would, I, I think it would be a huge statement for this team to win this game on the road without Zlatan. And I think that for the confidence of the other players to do it without him, uh, you know, at, at the point where they really uh, are low on confidence. Right. Uh, they are so crushed because they know they know that they should have won that game against Colorado. So many chances, hitting the post, 35 crosses, not being able to convert, not being able to to really have um, to close that game off early and sit back and and be more comfortable. And then to to make a mistake like that on the break, it was just it was heartbreaking. So for them to be able to go to Orlando um, and get the points, and I know we're going to talk about it a little bit later on, but. Yep. It would be huge. This would be really huge without him. I think it's really important that they they can't lose. Even if they get a draw, it'll be a good building block. No, and and I think, you know, yeah, best case scenario is a win. A reasonable option is perhaps a draw. We can get into predicting it. What I'm going to do is I'll open the phone lines if anybody wants to call in with any questions for myself or Sophie. Uh, 949-734-4217 is the phone line. 949-734-4217. Only going to keep it open here for about five minutes because we're going to have to move on and still cover some more stuff. Uh, Sophie, if you're... Uh, people want to know where they can find you on Twitter. First of all, I'm getting the chat room and saying where. Oh. So, so tell people where where they can find you. I'm uh, at Soccer Diva on Twitter. Easy enough. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's real simple. And then the other podcast is at Highbury Squad. There you go. Yeah. So, so both Thank those places. Are, yeah. No. But we'll get it at the end too. I just the, the chat room's like, all right, you know, Sophie knows what she's talking about. I can <laughs> see the British accent probably swayed them at the very beginning. Yeah. You know, that's really what we needed. Half the time. Half the time. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you already come into this with a leg up with the British accent. So, um, so doing that. Okay. 
so uh, we'll open up the phone lines. We'll see if anybody calls. Um, I sort of, I just want to, we'll get to some questions that we have um, for this show. So that way we can, uh, we can sort of guide those, uh, mm -hmm. those phone calls in. Cause there's always a delay and it, maybe nobody wants to talk. We'll Maybe. It's, it's a lot happened. of people like to write these days, Josh. They do. It's all about texting. They do. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah which, we, which we got. So, so I went to Reddit and I got some questions from okay. Reddit. Uh, there's a question from Twitter here as well. So uh, first from Hector, he says, question for tonight's show. Will the LA Galaxy make a move in the summer transfer window? But he actually puts a name on this for Antonio Valencia. Uh, Manchester United, 33-year-old, mm. right back. Uh, you, we, I think we were talking a little bit about on this mm. before, the, before we started recording. Is there a possibility that he could be had for under $1.5 million? Or is there a possibility that you would move somebody yeah. at summer? And your answer was... No, it's not happening. But a good name. Listen. It's a good name. I think he still has something to offer. You know, he fell out of favor at Manchester United. Yeah, I think he's had six appearances this year. Yeah. Or maybe eight. I can't remember, but six or eight. And to not be able to get into that Manchester United team uh, says a lot maybe about where his um, his play is right now. But I really respect Antonio Valencia. We've seen him come over and play here as well uh, with his country. A really top shelf guy. Um, People at Manchester United really, really like him. E and, and Ecuadorian, he so he fits into the whole uh, Spanish flair that the Galaxy currently have. I mean, <laughs> it's not the most out there rumor. It's it's more plausible in my mind than De Rossi. Absolutely. And an ex-teammate of Zlatan. And so, again, I'm not trying to pamper Zlatan here in any way. But the truth is you have to take care of your superstars. And to land someone like him, I think I actually think he could contribute and do a really good job still. Yeah, it would be interesting. Uh, the Galaxy have, you know, obviously Araujo is the young right back. And then you have Ralph Felcher, who is the current right back. Mm -hmm. But Felcher probably, I think... I think they only got him for a year. They canceled the contract and then they signed him for one I more year. I would start so. Valencia. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, if you have the choice. I mean, yeah, but yeah, it, it, again, salary cap things, all those things. Uh, let's go to uh, Hugh from Reddit. Everybody loves that because that's his full name, Hugh from Reddit. Uh, personally, I don't. He says personally, I don't think uh, Guillermo Barrascoleta was given the best hand at the start of the season, coming into a team that was completely built by three previous coaches in a short time span. He had to deal with very little cap and salary room up until Camaro decided to leave and Gio was bought out last minute. Uh, Guillermo is still trying to patch together a cohesion of team utilizing three designated players he didn't sign, one of which has been MIA. I think that's Roman Alessandrini most of the season and large bloated contracts that don't work like Jorgen and and uh, Perry Kitchen. Uh, with all that said, his question is very simple. When does Guillermo Barros-Scalotto get to actually sit on the hot seat? When is his job in question? Four losses in a row is his job in question. If you get rid of him, who are you going to bring in? Yeah. The guy that you would have brought in has just taken a job at New England. The guy that maybe you would have convinced to come back, right? And also, you've got to have a strong manager who can ma who can manage someone like Zlatan as well. I think that he gets a pass this season. A little bit like my team, Arsenal. I feel like Unai Emery gets a pass. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone's asking for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's head. He's inherited a mess at Manchester United. Unai inherited a mess at Arsenal. And, you know, he's inherited a bit of a mess, really, hasn't he, Josh, if we're going to be fair? I think there's there's some good parts, but there's also parts that are really tricky and are going to take a couple of transfer windows to navigate around. And there's going to be some reshuffling that's going to have to happen and some sacrifices will have to be made. Right. But if he's your guy, you've got to back him. That, that's the thing. You have to start giving somebody a chance to build. And, mm -hmm. and you didn't give anybody really a chance to build. And you, there's reasons for all of that. And I don't think any and of the... rightly so, I think. With Up to a certain point, yes. I mean, I still thought that they were going to give Siggy Schmidt more time because he came in and sort of was the, took over at the end of one year and then was trying to come through another year and, and didn't... But again, with the health 
health issues that eventually started happening, you could mm-hmm. see that, that that maybe was the correct move mm-hmm. overall. But you look at Guillermo, you have to do it. And Luis in our chat room actually says um, that he can't call in. He says, but, you know, will Dennis DeClosa give Guillermo Berescolino more than a year to try to try? I think he will. I think in order for LA to, to rebuild and have stability, and I think that's what the club really needs right now is stability and identity. What is for so long? We've known what the culture of this team is. We've known um, what the because they've been a championship-winning team. It's very, right. very difficult for fans to accept where the club definitely was at last season. Right? right. I mean, this yep. season it's not so bad yet. Still in, still in the playoff places. Yes, a, a really bad run of form right now. But it's a long season. There's still a long way to go. Uh, and I think that eventually you have to really allow a manager to put his identity on this team. The players are. Reflection of the manager, and I do believe that this manager is is a solid uh, a solid choice. He's young. He's uh, he's he himself looks lean. You know, he right. takes care of himself. He's yep. got a lot of energy. He looks you like he could that. still play, right? I mean, up totally. to a certain point, you're like, he could still play. Yeah. He, he could do it for at least for a substitute appearance. Give him ten minutes. He, he could he could do something. He can come minutes. on with Jermaine Jones. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure that's it. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I'm trying to see. Okay, this one's my favorite question that I got um, because I like that people pay attention to what I say and then repeat back stupid stuff that I say. Um, so that way I can then answer for it. Um, so this is uh, Nerdy Rocker 24 on Reddit. He says, I recall you saying that there is no defender in this league that can mark Zlatan Ibrahimovic. If you had Yellow Van Damme versus Zlatan, who would win? Ah, oh, Josh, you take it away, why don't you? You shouldn't. You should be very careful about what you say right? on live. I was going to say people, people are going to listen to this and then think I know what I'm talking about. Um, I mean, there are times th- where he is undefendable. He is, and and that's it's his technical side. Yeah, yeah, un, yeah. Un, undefensible, indefensible, indefensible. I don't know. It's one of those. That's that's you're the you're Someone the correct you us. speak English. I, I don't know what. <laughs> Not since I've been living here. <laughs> there you go. That's it. <laughs> um, so I would say this: that Yellow Van Dom, while a physical specimen and can be a technically gifted defender, does not have the technical ability to be able to stay with Slaton. I don't think the physicality there is totally matched up. I mm-hmm. still think Slaton finds a way to. Mo- it's not like Zlatan hasn't played against a guy like that before. I mean, he's faced some fierce defenders in his time. So rattle off the teams he's played for. Yeah, I, I think Zlatan can take care of himself. I, and I, you know what? It's really good that people are challenging themselves against him, yes. and they're really trying to rile him up because they know he's a hothead. Yep. And poke, as we've seen, poke the bear, poke the bear, and they poked it. And, yep. And, and that's what um, happened. Paid the price. Indefensible, by the way. We're getting indefensible. Wait, see? indefendable. That's not, there's Indefe- not even an S. Sergio says indefendable. Indefensible is like some, if someone's up to something bad. Right. You're like, then, I can't, you can't so defend indefendib- them. It's got to be undefendable. It can't be indefendable. It's got to be like undash defense. Who cares? Well, this is, this, this, is a, this a question while. for Wendy. Uh, <laughs> Wendy was one of our one of our co-hosts who, who, who her vocabulary was always way above mine. I had to look up words every show. Um, all right. Uh, we talked about, uh, I wanted to get to uh, uh, Matt on Reddit and he said, you know, what are the implications of the international call-ups? You know, all that thing. Um, so you, you, we sort of covered that. Um, let's see. What is one of his other questions here? He says, uh, he says, I miss, I miss an effective 4-4-2 diamond. Um, you know, there, there is if you watch the game against Colorado, it was a diamond. Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos was the was bottom point. Too, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But Jonathan Dos Santos really was the bottom of that diamond. Mm-hmm. Fabio Alvarez was the top mm-hmm. of the diamond. Uh, you had Joe Corona out to the left. You had Sebastian to the right, the and right. there was your diamond, mm-hmm. and it it worked to a certain point. 
Um, it's still the fact that the flanks is what let them down. Well, actually, it's the striker position. It's the striker position where, where if you're going to play, you know, Boateng there, then you play him in behind the defense and let him run to the ball. You don't hit it into his head while everybody's already back. And with Guillermo, the offense is generated from the from the outside backs too, Mm -hmm. and that's sort of a you know that's great if you have Zlatan Ibrahimovic or another big head that you can sort of hit from those wide areas. But for me, the Galaxy attack gets right to the top of the 18 yard boxes. It's going dead straight ahead, right at the goalie, and then it swerves left or right to make sure it goes out to the flanks. It never goes through the middle. <laughs> this is the concern, Josh, is that in in situations where there's injuries, what's the plan B? Yeah. And in that game against Colorado, he didn't make a decision quick enough um, once he did decide to bring Chris on and, and, he's, and his plan B. But I think over a period of time and when you're looking at the, the plays we're going to lose over the summer and right. in the coming weeks... He's got to have a plan B. Yeah. And uh, that's going to be, again, another huge challenge. That's going to be a tough one. See All right. grinning over there. Yeah. Did just chat, the chat room is now giving us, like, word English. for word, yeah, English lessons. Like, indefensible. I mean, they're spelling it out for us, I really. You've got to love Google. Hey, it is, you know, everybody's smart whenever <laughs> they have a chance to look it up. That's what I say. You know, here we are trying to do this live. We can't just look everything up. <laughs> um, let's see. One last question from Reddit. Uh, GalaxyFan89, do you think Galaxy's recent issues are due to chemistry? coaching or is it due to an inadequate roster is either fixable this season uh so for the first question the answer is yes because it's all of those things coaching chemistry inadequate roster and can i just say something in 30 seconds because it's a great question and it was the last question i asked zlatan before his ban where um, we talked about character. Do you remember that question? And I said to him, well, you, you ha- you're someone who has character. You've got that experience. Is it down to you to help these players develop that character? And he was like, partly, yes, I've got to be a leader, but partly they've got to have it. Yeah. And this is something I mentioned to you before we came on air. I'm not sure how many great characters there are in this dressing room. I think there are a few, right. but are there enough? Yeah. And it's a really good question because yeah. I feel like that was something that was bugging him maybe after that game. Yeah. I mean, I think the quality has always sort of been a question mark. And certainly over the last couple of years, you look at who they brought in and, and whether they have a success. I mean, Joel Pedro is a perfect example mm-hmm. of that. That was an expensive transfer at 1.5 or $1.7 mm-hmm. million dollars the Galaxy spent. And he's on loan, um, you know, in Portugal right now um, because... They don't need him or want him. Um, so he's never coming back. That's it. You know, people are like, should they recall Joel Pedro? No, no. because he's not coming back. It's never happening. <laughs> Ever. Ever. He's gone. That's it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, all those things are good. All right, let's uh, let's trade. We're, we're going long today, apparently. That's fine. It's kind of, everybody's still entertained Sorry, in the chat room. My, so my, my it's fault? your fault? No, it no, I don't think so. Okay. I, I definitely think that I've talked way more than I've needed to on the show so far. <laughs> you say smart things. I say, like, undefendable things or whatever that well, word I is. Well, I started that, actually. That, <laughs> was, that was my stupidity yeah but now you got me thinking about it and this arizona state education of mine is now like it's it's yeah arizona state huh go sun devils yes Uh, i'm a buff go go from colorado huh all right so we got a little uh pac-12 rivalry in here too that's good that's good at least you didn't go to like cal or something like we can't handle that yeah Yeah, that was good all right uh let's see let's get on to the game with orlando now as i do um, on these shows now, especially whenever we have a guest host. Um, I I don't give them any warning. I don't tell them what's going on. And I say that you have to come up with oh. some sort of dramatic oh. intro to Orlando. I know. Just spring it on you. 
get it going because everybody else is trying to they'll say for me to do it and i refuse to do it anymore because everybody else does it better than me so if you're up to it you can you can give it a try you I think do. you can sure i can i have music here oh, all right also it's it's good music you'll get pumped up it's little games of thrones like it's not that but it's sort of in that in that thread maybe a little nfl films if you if you get that like you know deep yeah, in yeah, the yeah. T- frozen tundra it's one of those so uh if you want to you can give us just a small short little preview give us your most dramatic you know one or two lines of the uh of the preview for orlando and then we'll actually get into it and break it down a little bit are you ready yeah sure okay so here comes yeah. the music it's like rapping and yeah yeah you know yeah, exactly. it's like i feel like eminem right now well, eight mile i was gonna say the music was gonna come on if the soundboard didn't freeze so we'll just we'll take a break for a second hold yeah, on here we go sure. all right well this is it's just live it doesn't yeah, matter doesn't people matter. people hang in there all right let's try this again here we go uh the the music starts now a franchise that came into the league promising everything with legendary Kaká. They've done nothing really since their arrival. LA, a team that promises so much, but without their lion, can they survive in the jungle? Ooh. We'll see on Friday. Ooh. Oh, I love it. I love it. See, that's 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 solid How stuff. How is that? Everybody's already are just give them a second. There's a lag in the in the chat room. They're gonna give you a rating. Uh-oh. All right, and so oh, no. we'll, we'll see what they <laughs> what they say in here. So you know that's. Don't worry. If I did it, I usually get like ones and twos. So you for sure are gonna be like uh, out of five st- or out of ten. I, I don't know. They they make it up themselves. They're gonna give you Audi index points. You know mm-hmm. the, the same ones that MLS. I wish uses. I'd gone a little Cockney on it. Y- you, think, you know, you think I should have gone like yeah. Twisted it just they a little bit. They came into the league promising <laughs> everything and delivered nothing. Absolutely bugger all. That's awesome. Four or five, you got a thumbs up. Um, so it's out of five. I'm taking that it's out of five, not yeah, out of ten. Yes, that's perfect. That was that was good. Uh, that, that was good. Oh, five of five. She went up to an eleven. There we go. Okay, Boom. so so there you you should feel Thanks, good. Guys. You should feel good about that. Yes. I just think I that they like it. anybody but me. Really, is really what it comes. They give down you to. a hard time. Yes, all the time. They should. Uh, whenever I try to do it, they're like, "No, Josh, just stop." Everybody, everybody, let it happen. <laughs> Thank you uh, for springing that on me. By the way, I I don't. I refuse to give anybody a heads up. If you pay attention to the show and you come on, then you have a heads up. Now, if you ever come back on again, you will know that it's coming. Yes. I We'll do it every time. All right. LA Galaxy getting ready to take on Orlando. This game will kick off 4 p.m. Pacific time uh, whenever the LA Galaxy travel 2,218 miles. By the way, I actually did the the travel distance between the two airports so I could get that. Is it a direct flight at least? Yeah, I think it should be. I think it should be. I think the Galaxy can probably spring for an LAX to to MCO, by the way. That's the, uh, that's the, the airport identifier in Orlando. It's MCO. And in order to remember that, um, what does the MC stand for? Nobody, I, I have no idea what it actually stands for, but the acronym that you should use in your head is Mickey's Corporate Office for Orlando. Oh. Mickey's Corporate Office, MCO. Yes. yes, there you go. That was that was my that I was have my addition. visions of MC Hammer now in my head, and I'm humming. <laughs> you can't touch this for some yep. stupid reason. Absolutely. Uh, anyway, so Friday, May 24th, 4 p.m. Pacific time kickoff. The game can be found on Univision and Unamas. Um, check both of those. Also check on Twitter for that because that'll probably happen as well. Orlando's coming off a 5-1 win over FC Cincinnati, and that sort of stri- uh, snapped one of their uh, their their bad losing streaks that they sort of had. They had one win in the last five games. They're four six and three, 15 points. Uh, at home, they're three, three, and one for ten points. Uh, and if you look at their last three games or last five games, it's one, three, and one for four points. So that win against Cincinnati was some of their only points that they've gotten in a little time. Uh, with Nani, I believe, scoring two goals, and I think Dom Dwyer also got in and scored a goal. Now which, is he playing? We don't. I, this is. I've seen mixed results. You said you read something that he's, yeah, he's probably suspended. suspended because of yellow cards. The room will tell us if he's suspended they'll, or not. They'll I, look. I think. Yeah. I I read that. I don't know again if that's there was correct. some argument about whether he had some good behavior 
uh, reviews because if you just look and say, oh, well, somebody has five yellow cards, then that doesn't necessarily mean that they're suspended because if you go, I think, three or five games without a yellow card whenever you have four or at any point, it used to be whenever you have four, mm -hmm. then it was triggered. You had to have three good games. Stupid MLS rules. This is the one I don't like anymore because it used to be simple and easy to figure out and you could do it, but now you have to go back and look over the games. If they don't get a yellow card in like four games or mm -hmm. five games, not, they don't even have to be in a row. You get to remove one of those yellow cards. He didn't start in that game against Cincy. And no. do you feel, I mean, is that, does that, are we bothered by him playing or not? Is, do you feel like he, if, if, if he's scoring, if he scores goals, he's a streaky guy. So mm -hmm. yeah, he's a problem if he starts scoring. Um, He'll come off the bench though, won't he? It seems that way. Yeah. That, that seems how they did. They've been starting uh, Tesho Akindele mm -hmm. up top. They've been starting Nani, who is their mm -hmm. real threat. I mean, most assists, most goals uh, for Nani. And then you also have uh, Dom Dwyer, who has, I think, the most shots on the team. So he's a guy who, even whenever he's comes not, goal. he comes in, he just, he shoots the ball, whether they go on target or yeah. wherever. They, he's not afraid to take a shot, is he? Not at all. Uh, the other interesting sort of uh, person will be the goalkeeper, Brian Rowe, who's former LA Galaxy, of course, and who has been playing... Uh, you know, actually quite well. Two shutouts, 42 saves, 62 shots face. His defense isn't helping him. That really is the weak point of this Orlando team, it seems like. Their attack is dangerous, um, but if you get into the midfield and you get into the defense a little bit, I feel like the, the Galaxy they can, can be have some... They can be exposed. I mean, they've... they've. I, I know they're coming off a huge win, win against Cincy, but as you pointed out, they've had some bad results along the way. And Akindeli and Nani together are really going to be the biggest problem and that like you said they're they're front three against our defense that's that's a problem and and I, I'm more I think that I so I am of the belief and you can totally disagree with me is that the LA Galaxy defense is fine it's mostly about what the midfield does that sort of influences how that defense plays, right? Um, the fact that they didn't give up a goal really last game except on a counterattack, and that was a breakdown in midfield whenever Dos Santos got pulled too far forward and Pontius passed the ball into... But they uh, left themselves so exposed. I mean, granted, it was a mistake and they weren't expecting that that moment to happen. And yeah, that's what happens when players make, make mistakes and stuff, but they didn't react very well to the mistake or did, they didn't react quick enough. They right. didn't allow themselves. I feel like sometimes positionally, they're fragile. Um, and are, do you think they're cohesive as a unit? Do you feel like, you know, like you get some defenses that are really cohesive. And yeah. I don't know if there's a lot of trust between them and the goalkeeper. There's there's change. There's too many changes right it's now. It's the tinkering. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I think Guillermo understands mm -hmm. that. Um, one of the things Guillermo's told John, and, and it's worth, you know, we're talking about that, that leaving it open. And this will go for this Orlando team because this is a team that's going to want to counter with Akindele and with Nani. They're going to want to mm -hmm. move quickly, push out to the side. They're going to want to try to press that back line. Um, is that Guillermo said that, you know, yes, we screwed up. Yes, that happened. You know, you saw it. But, you know, the team has to understand that even when we're pressing for a goal, and clearly they were pressing for a win because a draw there, everybody would have been almost as upset as a loss. Almost. True. So you're, you're pressing for the goal. You're at home. You should win that game, and you're not winning, and there's frustration there. He goes, even whenever that happens, we cannot leave ourselves in those positions where we allow us to be that open on the counterattack. Right. And to be fair, the goalkeeper saved the initial shot. David Bingham was doing... David Bingham has had a fine year this hey. year, by the way. And, and he has had a fine year this year. He has he has done fine. fine. He is fine. Listen, there's never going to be a great year for David Bingham unless he suddenly goes on I don't know if there's the confidence between him and the defense. It's I don't. Am know. I reading too much into that? I don't. I don't know what the defense is right now. I think that you have a, you have one player on there that's playing with a ridiculous amount of confidence. Mm -hmm. Dan Stares. You have a rotation. Why is he getting such a hard time? 
because people hate Dan Steris for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't. I, we I, Larry wrote a wonderful article about Dan Steris about the armband. He got the armband at the mm-hmm. end of the game and all this stuff. And it just nothing but hate. The ha- people got so nothing. upset about that. They were really who, upset. Who do they think should have got the armband? I don't know. It was Dan Steris. It was the right answer. He's a smart guy. Anyway, well, this is fine. By the way, the the M- Jeopardy. the MCO. Mm-hmm. The, so my good friend Pam, who works for United Airlines, texted in mm-hmm. to say. Um, it was called McCoy Air Force Base, MCO. Oh, okay. So there you go. That's that's what it is. Wow. We're, this is a great crowd you have, hey? Look we at have, the backup that you have we, right here. That's why the live Smart shows are audience. easier to do whenever than, than the recorded <laughs> shows. I don't have to know that much. The The audience basically takes care of it. So, uh, all right. So if you're looking at this game, uh, the LA Galaxy right now, Jonathan Dos Santos seems like he's healthy. Uh, Antuna's the question mark, as we have sort of said. Uh, Triori apparently is healthy for this game. Uh, the other injuries that you had were Perry Kitchen, who was on the bench, and he should be fine for this mm-hmm. game. So if you're looking at him, uh, and then Roman Alessandrini, there aren't that many injuries right now. Who do you start up front? Uh, I think that you would start... Um, see, I would really love to start Antuna up there again because I like him. But you've just told Yeah, I just told everybody that he's not going to play. Um, I think Pontius gets a start up front because if you're going to play the game where you cross the ball a whole bunch... Away from home. Chris knows how to do that. Um, He also knows how to hold the ball. He's not as good as Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He's not Zlatan's replacement. That's just... There isn't one. If he had Uh, started the game against Colorado, I don't think think LA's losing that game. They would have won the game. I mean, you Uh, know, so I think that the coach will rectify the wrong... I think he'll start. And away from home, you're going to need to play a little bit, um, you know, I wouldn't say uh, long ball-y, but yeah. you're going to need to pile those balls in the box. And I think that would be uh, that, that, w- that would be that, best. That Chris Bonnius. So, I, I mean, I would expect that the lineup does not change that much. All right. Everything basically stays the same, except that you might have to find a replacement for Antuna, whether that's Legette and you put Legette up top because you do have the wingers sort of available now to, to be able to do some other things with Fabio Alvarez and you could push out something. There's some ways to move some stuff around. I haven't, I, because this is a Friday game, usually I do my lineups on Friday mm-hmm. and I, I try to think it through and do the whole thing with Antuna not being there that sort of threw a wrench in everything and I'm trying mm-hmm. to figure out where everybody slides now in order to do it but the defense also is a big question because are you going to start Polenta left back again are you going to start Triori he got a yellow Tri- card in the he did but he's he's not that we don't I have, don't think I haven't seen have anything any yeah on... I've seen nothing about right. the suspensions or anything and by the way if you're looking at the history of this match uh the Galaxy have won all the games against Orlando at mm. home uh, at Dignity Health Sports Park or in LA and Orlando has won all of the games in Orlando yeah. so uh, it's 2-2-0 two, two, two for the LA Galaxy against Orlando City so far in their brief history so um, I don't know what that says other than the fact that you know if you're playing my, my favorite analogy which is the roulette wheel uh, you know, it keeps coming up red. Eventually, it's going to come up black, right? You can't, you can't lose them all. You can't win them all. No. That doesn't happen. So uh, between those things. They need to things. show some character in this game. Uh, what is your prediction for this game? And then we're getting out of here. I'm going to go 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. I, I, I don't know where the goals are going to come from. That's, I always do that. <laughs> I, I predict it and I say, I have no idea who's going to score. But they're going to get two. I, I, you know, I, yes. I fancy a 2-2. Two, two. I think LA gets a result. They don't have to win. They just can't lose. It's very important that they get something out of this, especially, as I said earlier, without Zlatan. It would do the world of good for some of these players. The the problem I have with this game is that the travel is always an issue and going that far and doing all that is, is always... I You need to see, as you said, character would be nice mm-hmm. um, because they're going to have a midweek game against Sporting Kansas City that they're going to have to rebound Absolutely. for. Winning this game makes that midweek game against Sporting Kansas City, who's struggling right now, much easier. Do you play the same formation? 
Or again, is it based on Antuna? It's, it's based on Antuna because okay. otherwise I don't know who you're going to put up top. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, putting Pontius up as a one, mm -hmm. um, like Zlatan does, fixes a lot of issues that you can sort of fill back in with the midfield where you have some players. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I think that Pontius probably plays up top by himself, yeah. which people are going to cry about. But uh, with Fabio Alvarez in the 10 After now... After he gets a, a first goal, then they won't. Yeah, won't yeah. Fabio's going to score like seven goals, I'm sure. That's how it goes. All right. Uh, I think that about does it. Are we Are we good? Do you feel good about this? We're, we're, we're done here? I've, I feel great. I mean, okay. you're the boss. I'm just... I'm, I'm, the, I'm the hired help here today. I, well, actually hired. hired. I'm, not, I'm not being paid, by the way. And, you know, just... no, nobody ever gets paid on the show. <laughs> I'll, you know what? I'll double the amount of money I'm giving you right now. So two times zero... There you go. See, oh my gosh. Don't reveal my salary to uh, the masses. <laughs> that's right. Like that's, these poor that's players. That's how it goes. All right. Uh, why don't you tell people where they can find you and then uh, we'll rock and roll. Awesome. I'm at Soccer Diva on Twitter. And uh, if you're interested in English football too, I do a, at Highbury Squad is the podcast. And you can catch me on Talk Sport during the week um, contributing wonderful stories. Awesome. Sophie, you've been uh, a pleasure. Thanks for stopping by. We Thanks certainly appreciate it. You, you'll be invited back very soon. You're, you live close to the studio. It's always a good thing too. So, uh, Thank you for listening, everyone. Awesome. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com for all of our podcasts, all of our articles, all that stuff. We'll have Larry Morgan articles up there. We'll have your preview, and we'll get you ready for that game against Orlando. LA Galaxy all the way in Orlando, a 4 p.m. kickoff on Friday, an early game on Friday. So make sure you're there. Check all of the websites for the watch parties, and I'm sure you'll see you out there. All right. For uh, Miss Sophie Nicolau, I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.